everyone to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. Before we get started, remember to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so that you don't miss a single episode of Christian Historical Fiction Talk. Because if it's happening in the world of Christian historical fiction, we are talking about it here. You know that's right. Also, be sure to follow us on social media because today's podcast actually comes from answers that you gave to a question I posed on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So these are your answers. This is your episode. If you want to be part of the conversation, please be sure to join us over there. If you would like the show notes for this episode that gives you more information about the books that we're going to be talking about and also some handy links where you can order these books yourself, then please be sure to head over to my website, which is Liz Tolsma. You'll find all this information under the podcast tab waiting for you there. That's about it. And since we have a really full episode, we'd better get diving in here. Like I said in the introduction, a few weeks ago, I asked you listeners what your all-time favorite Christian historical fiction series was, and I got a lot of wonderful responses, so I'm going to share them with you. I didn't manage to get to all of them, but I got to quite a few of them. My apologies if I didn't mention yours. Maybe we'll have to do it again sometime very soon and include yours next time. One person mentioned just a classic, classic series. And I think it's one of the very first series of Christian historical fiction that I read that I really, really loved. When Christian historical fiction, when Christian fiction in general began, it really began as series. Now, traditional publishers still love doing series. If you're going to be pitching something to an agent or to a publisher, you better make sure that you have at least three books in the series to pitch to them. But I think the rules for series have really relaxed. At the very beginning, it needed to be these series that followed the same characters or followed different generations throughout the whole span of books. And there was a certain order that you needed to read the books in. You couldn't start with book two or book three. You had to start at the beginning and work your way through in order to get the whole story. It was really like one big book that was broken up into three, sort of like the Lord of the Rings, how they took those books and broke them up into three different movies. It's changed now, and so the series that we're finding today, and I use the word series a little bit more loosely, often have to revolve around a theme instead of certain characters. So some of these you'll see are a little bit older and really follow the same characters going through, whereas some are newer and maybe are more focused on a theme that ties the books together as a series. So just wanted to make that distinction before we really got going here. As I said, this first one is a series that I started with very, very early when I started reading Christian historical fiction. 
fell in love with it. And it's one that really made me fall in love with the World War II genre. And that is the Zion Covenant series by Brock and Bodie Taney. There are nine books in this series. So we don't have time to go through all nine books in a lot of detail. But we'll go through them kind of quickly and you can see how they sort of relate to each other. Books one and two, which I think are the most popular and most well-known in the series, are Vienna Prelude and Prague Counterpoint. And these two books follow Elisa Lindheim, who is a violinist starting off in Vienna at the beginning of the first book. And she works for the underground at a great cost to herself and to her family. I remember crying when I read these books. So they were so good. So those are books one and two in the series. Books three and four, Munich Signature and Jerusalem Interlude, follow a new set of characters now. They follow Shimon and Leah Feldstein as they flee the ever-tightening grip of Hitler on Europe and beyond. So new set of characters, same series, all World War II, but now you have two new characters that you're following through books three and four. Books five and six, again, follow a new group of characters, and those are Danzig Passage and Warsaw Requiem, and they follow Pastor Ibsen and his family as they try desperately to find somewhere safe in pre-war Europe. So you see that even though this is all called the Zion Covenant series, that they do jump times because Vienna Prelude and Prague Counterpoint come after Danzig Passage and Warsaw Requiem chronologically, even though Danzig Passage and Warsaw Requiem are books five and six. Books seven, eight, and nine tell the stories of American journalists who were firsthand witnesses to the horrors of what Hitler was doing in Europe. And those books are London Refrain, Paris Encore, and Dunkirk Crescendo. So you can see they all have a city name in them, and then they have something to do with music as well. So that is the Zion Covenant series by Brock and Bodie Taney. An older series, but still very good and well worth checking out if you haven't read that series yet. Someone else mentioned the Blackbird Mountain series by Joanne Bischoff. And those two books in that series are Sons of Blackbird Mountain and Daughters of Northern Shores. I'm going to admit that I haven't read these books, although I am familiar with Joanne Bischoff. It follows one woman. Avon Norgard. She is an immigrant from Norway, a very young widow, and she arrives in America, finds her way to Appalachia, where two of her late husband's cousins vie for her hand. She's beautiful, and these two young men are desperate to make her their wife. But this rivalry between these brothers causes a rift between the brothers and starts a feud. And that feud might just be the undoing of all of them. 
Now, I'm not going to go through the synopses of these books because if I do, when I read the synopsis of book two, you'll discover what happens at the end of book one, which is sometimes what happens with these series. So I'll tell you one brother wins at the end of book one, and the other brother ends up going back to Norway and finding happiness there. Let's just say that, okay? So I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give it away. If this sounds like a good series to you and it got rave reviews, Joanne Bischoff is an award-winning author, so you know it's fabulous. I don't want to spoil it for you. You just have to take my word for it. They sound like very, very good books. And I would say don't read too much about the second book before you finish the first book because you might end up spoiling the surprise. Next up is a series by one of my all-time favorite authors. If you listen to this show at all, you know I love Lynn Austin. I love the way she writes. She is a master at creating characters and her Waves of Mercy series is one that somebody mentioned, and I would have to agree. It's a fabulous series. The two books in that series are Waves of Mercy and Legacy of Mercy. Now, I'm Dutch, but I have to admit, even this Dutch person is having a problem with the first name of this woman. So if I butcher this, I apologize to all Dutch people, and I know that I should be extremely ashamed of myself. Gatesy de Young crossed the ocean at age 17 with her parents and a small group of immigrants from the Netherlands to settle in the Michigan wilderness. Fifty years later, in 1897, she's asked to write a memoir of her earlier experiences as the town celebrates its anniversary. Reluctant at first, she soon uncovers memories and emotions hidden all these years, including the story of her one true love. At the nearby Hotel Ottawa Resort on the shore of Lake Michigan, 23-year-old Anna Nicholson is trying to ease the pain of a broken engagement to a wealthy Chicago banker. But her time of introspection is disturbed after a violent storm aboard a steamship stirs up memories of a childhood nightmare. As more memories and dreams surface, Anna begins to question who she is and whether she wants to return to her wealthy life in Chicago. When she befriends a young seminary student who is working at the hotel for the summer, she finds herself asking him all the questions that have been troubling her. Neither Gietzi nor Anna, who are different in every possible way, can foresee the life-altering surprises that await them before the summer ends. Such a good book. Oh my goodness. And as a Midwesterner familiar with Southwest Michigan, it's full of Dutch people, so rich in its setting there. And it's one that Lynn is very familiar with herself since she lives in Southwest Michigan. So definitely one to pick up. That's the first one in the Waves of Mercy series. It's also called Waves of Mercy. And book two in that is called Legacy of Mercy. Having returned to Chicago, young socialite Anna Nicholson can't seem to focus on her upcoming marriage. The new information she's learned about her birth mother continues to pull at her, and she hires Pinkerton detectives to help her find the truth. But she meets people who once knew her mother and hears stories about her past, 
Anna soon discovers that some secrets are better left hidden. At the same time, unflattering stories about Anna are leaked by someone who would love to see her disgraced and her engagement broken. And as Anna tries to share her faith with her society friends, she understands that her choice to seek God's purpose for her life isn't as simple as she had hoped. When things are at their darkest, Anna knows she can turn to her grandmother, Yatesy Deung, back in Holland, Michigan. Yatesy's been helping new Dutch immigrants, including a teen with a haunted past, adjust to America. She only hopes that her wisdom can help all these young people through the turmoil they face. So follow up to that. It has the same characters as in the first book. So that's a series you're going to want to read Waves of Mercy first, and then Legacy of Mercy second. But if you like Lynn Austin, you're going to love these books. Definitely check them out. One series not to be missed either, according to our listeners, is the Timber Ridge Reflections series by Tamara Alexander. And the first book in this series, From a Distance, was a 2009 Christie Award-winning book. So, you know, it's a little bit older, but a good book, a well-written book, never really goes out of style, does it? So even though it's a little bit of an older series, still well worth reading. Tamara Alexander, you know, is just fabulous and is not going to disappoint. So the first book in the Timber Ridge Reflection series is From a Distance. Determined to become one of the country's premier newspaper photographers, Elizabeth Westbrook travels to the Colorado Territory to capture the grandeur of the mountains surrounding the remote town of Timber Ridge. She hopes, too, that the cool, dry air of Colorado and its renowned hot springs will cure the mysterious illness that threatens her career and her life. Daniel Ranslett, a former Confederate sharpshooter, is a man shackled by his past, and he'll do anything to protect his land and his solitude. When an outspoken Yankee photographer captures an image that appears key to solving a murder, putting herself in danger, Daniel is called upon to repay a debt. He's a man of his word, but repaying that debt could bring secrets from his past to light. Focused on a perilous journey together, Daniel and Elizabeth's lives intertwine in ways neither could have imagined when they first met. From a distance. So that one is the first one called From a Distance. The second one in the Timber Ridge Reflection series is Beyond This Moment. Lives are made up of tiny steps. Some are chosen for us, some we choose. All hold the power to change who we become, but only if we let them. When Dr. Molly Whitcomb, professor of Romance Languages, steps off the train in Colorado Territory, she makes a choice, one that goes against everything she stands for. Yet it's the only choice that offers her a chance to regain a fraction of all she's lost. Sheriff James McPherson's instincts about people rarely miss the mark. He senses Professor Whitcomb is hiding something. He just doesn't know what. When James learns Molly's secret, his own reputation is undermined. But when Molly Whitcomb's reinvented life begins to unravel, it threatens his job, the stability of Timber Ridge, and what he always knew to be true about himself. That sounds really good. And book three of the Timber Ridge Reflection series is Within My Heart. 
Determined to fulfill her late husband's dream, Rachel Boyd struggles to keep her ranch afloat with the help of her two young sons. But some days, it feels as though her every effort is sabotaged. When faced with a loss she cannot afford, she's forced to trust Rand Brookston, the one man in Timber Ridge she wishes to avoid, and with good reason. He's a physician, just like her father, which tells her everything she needs to know about him, or so she thinks. Dr. Rand Brookston ventured west with the dream of bringing modern medicine to the wilds of the Colorado Rockies, but the townspeople have been slow to trust him. Just as slow in coming is Rand's dream to build the town a proper clinic. When a patient's life is threatened, Rand makes a choice, one that sends ripples through the town of Timber Ridge and through Rachel Boyd's stubborn heart. So that's within my heart. So you can see that one has different characters in each of the books, but it all takes place in the town of Timber Ridge, Colorado territory. So that's the thread that ties it all together. So that's the Timber Ridge Reflections series by Tamara Alexander. Of course, I don't think we could talk about favorite historical series without mentioning the Mark of the Lion series by Francine Rivers. I think this is a favorite of many, many, many people. This is one every time I ask a question about favorite historical, whatever, it always comes up. This series or one of the books in the series always pops up. So Francine Rivers, just a delight, very, very well known in the Christian historical fiction, the biblical fiction world, and Mark of the Lion has to be her, you know, pinnacle. So the first book in the series is A Voice in the Wind, and it introduces readers to Hadassah, a young Jewish girl captured and sold into slavery, but still holding firm to her faith in God. Though torn by her love for a handsome aristocrat, Hadassah becomes a shining beacon of light in the darkness and depravity around her. This all takes place in first century Rome, so very soon after the ending of the Bible. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of the dynamic and what's going on there. An Echo in the Darkness is the second book in the Mark of the Lion series. And in this book, Marcus, a wealthy Roman aristocrat, touched by Hadassah's sincere belief, begins to wonder if there is more to this life. As he continues to search for meaning and faith, he is led by a whispering voice from the past that could set him free from the darkness of his soul. So Hadassah appears again in book two. And the trilogy concludes with As Sure as the Dawn, which follows Atreides, the high chief of a Germanic tribe who fought as a gladiator and won his freedom. As Atreides sets out to return home with his infant son, only one thing stands in his way, Rizpah, a Christian widow who has cared for the baby since his birth. So all three of those books, A Voice in the Wind, An Echo in the Darkness, As Sure as the Dawn, make up the Mark of the Lion series by outstanding biblical fiction author Francine Rivers. It's a classic in the Christian historical fiction world, and if you haven't read this one, I suggest that you do. Good place to start if you want to get into biblical fiction. Well, you know, I had to slip in what my favorite one is, and there are so many to pick from because there are so many good ones, and I would agree with several of these in this list. 
that they are just outstanding and not to be missed. But I was trying to think of something that I read recently that really was a series series that kind of had to be read in a certain order and one that I absolutely loved. And I didn't have to think very long and very hard before I remembered reading the Sunrise at Normandy series by Sarah Sundin. I think the last book in that series came out just about a year ago, maybe just a scooch over a year ago. It was a fabulous series. Sarah did an amazing job weaving these stories together so they are separate. You can read them separate if you want to, but I suggest starting at book one and reading them straight through because then you'll get the whole picture and you'll see how at the very end of book three, books one and two all tie into that last book. So it's a really fabulous series. I know she won some awards for this series and very, very well deserved. So the first book in the Sunrise at Normandy series is The Sea Before Us. In 1944, American Naval Officer Lieutenant Wyatt Paxton arrives in London to prepare for the Allied invasion of France. He works closely with Dorothy Fairfax, a wren in the Women's Royal Naval Service. Dorothy pieces together reconnaissance photos with thousands of holiday snapshots of France, including those of her own family's summer home, in order to create accurate maps of Normandy, maps that Wyatt will turn into naval bombardment plans. As the two spend concentrated time together in the pressure cooker of war, their deepening friendship threatens to turn to love. Dorothy must resist its pull. Her bereaved father depends on her, and her heart already belongs to another man. Wyatt has too much to lose. The closer he gets to Dorothy, the more he fears his efforts to win the war will destroy everything she has ever loved. That was a really good book. I did love that. And then the second book in the Sunrise at Normandy series is The Sky Above Us. Numbed by grief and harboring shameful secrets, Lieutenant Adler Paxton ships to England with the U.S. 357th Fighter Group in 1943. Determined to become an ace pilot, Adler battles the German Luftwaffe in treacherous dogfights in the skies over France as the Allies struggle for control of the air before the D-Day invasion. Violet Lindstrom wanted to be a missionary, but for now she serves in the American Red Cross, where she arranges entertainment for the men of the 357th in the Aero Club on base and sets up programs for local children. Drawn to the mysterious Adler, she enlists his help with her work and urges him to reconnect with his family after a long estrangement. Despite himself, Adler finds his defenses crumbling when it comes to Violet, but D-Day draws near, and secrets can't stay buried forever. I liked that book a lot, too. I think as the series went on, I liked each book a little bit better because book three in the series was by far and away my favorite book of the series, and it had to be one of my favorite books of 2020, and that is The Land Beneath Us. In 1943, Private Clay Paxton trains hard with the U.S. Army Rangers at Camp Forest, Tennessee, determined to do his best in the upcoming Allied invasion of France. With his future stolen by his brother's betrayal, Clay has only one thing left to live for, fulfilling the recurring dream of his death. Leah Jones works as a librarian at Camp Forest, longing to rise above her orphanage upbringing and belong to the community, 
even as she uses her spare time to search for her real family, the baby sisters she was separated from so long ago. After Clay saves Leah's life from a brutal attack, he saves her virtue with a marriage of convenience. When he ships out to train in England for D-Day, their letters bind them together over the distance. But can a love strong enough to overcome death grow between them before Clay's recurring dream comes true? It was such an excellent book and a fitting end to the entire Sunrise at Normandy series. It's very clear why I love this series so much and the stories of these three brothers and the secrets and the hard feelings that exists between them carries throughout the three books and like I said comes to an amazing conclusion at the end of the third book so well worth reading all three of those books starting at the beginning and going all the way to the end well I could sit here and talk more and more and more about favorite Christian historical fiction series because there's so much to talk about and as I said we may have to revisit this topic at some point in the very near future but for now, that's going to do it for this episode of Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I thank you for taking the time to listen and to join into the conversation. Thank you to all of those who answered my question on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you don't already follow Christian Historical Fiction Talk there, please do so that you can get in on discussions like this over there as well. If you would like more information about the books that I talked about on today's show, then please visit my website, which is liztolsma.com. You'll find the show notes over there, and there will be links there that you can purchase any of these books that you'd like from there as well. So make sure that you check that out over at liztolsma.com. Please join us next time when our guest will be Michelle Greep. She will be here discussing her latest release, which is The Thief of Blackfriars Lane. It was such a good book that I read it quite a while ago when it first came out. Oh, so good. Just typical Michelle Grieb, a little gothic, a little dark, but really interesting characters and a whole lot of fun. We had a great discussion, and I can't wait to share that chat with you. So please join me next time for my interview with Michelle Grieb. I do appreciate your time. I appreciate you tuning in to listen to Christian Historical Fiction Talk, and I appreciate you sharing the word with other fans of Christian Historical Fiction like yourselves. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Mm -hmm.